0: Right. Hello, hello. Welcome to the first episode, the inaugural episode of The Logbook. It's going to be a uh, self-indulgent project between two good buds who just want to talk about video games and find a reason to record themselves doing so. Uh, my name is John Patty. I'm joined by my friend, James Robinson. Hello there. Uh, and I'm going to start this. Yeah, <laughs> there's James. <laughs> I'm going to start it by throwing to James and asking, James, why would anyone want to listen to either of us talk about video games for about an hour?
1: Um, I think we're pretty swell guys, you know, uh, I think we we can be funny. I think we can, uh, carry a good conversation. We somewhat know what we're talking about. Um, I just think it's going to be a fun time, you know?
0: That's good. I mean, I'm glad you have the confidence that we could carry a good conversation, but I'm also kind of scared that maybe you just jinxed it in the first part of the first ever podcast. And then, now this is going to be a horrendous conversation. No, it'll be it'll be good. Um, so to give a little breakdown for how we think this show is going to go for now, uh, it's going to be sort of three segments. Uh, the first segment being the top three to five news stories we think are the most pertinent or the things that we just have any thoughts on or interest on whatsoever. It's not super
1: journalistic, but it's definitely, you know, a little bit researched here and there. Pretty much just uh, what's, and, what's recent, you know, nothing, uh, nothing too old. Exactly.
0: Yep. Nothing, yeah. nothing like a couple weeks old. I think maybe within a week is something we'd probably aim for there. Yeah. Um, and then after that, the real meat and potatoes of the logbook podcast is going to be, just the topic of the week. It's going to be just a broad question. It could be timeless. It doesn't have to be relevant to current events by any means. It could be, what's the most meaningful game to you on X platform? What is your favorite game of this genre? What do you think of this? What do you think of that? It's going to be- giving
1: away the topics.
0: (laughs) I think think one of the hypothetical ones I just listed is actually what we have. But (laughs) um, yeah, so- And then following that, real brief before we close out the podcast, it's going to be just a quick little uh, touching base moment between James and I. Talk about what we're playing, why we're playing it, what we think of it so far. uh, Whether we're just completing a game, just starting one. You know, get an idea for some impressions. Yeah.
1: That's uh, that's how it's going to (laughs) go.
0: Yeah. With that primer out of the way, I think we're just going to jump into the news. Am I... I, I want to know, I want there to be a counter for how many people say jump into the news. That's just, that seems to be the main transition uh, phrase for the news. I, so I, I don't know jump. how
1: else you would do it. There's literally no <laughs> other way. Could you leap, leap
0: into the news? I suppose could you, you could. S- <laughs> let's skip run head 1st fir- let's, let's, let's sprint angrily headfirst into the news. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right. First thing on the docket, uh, By the way, this is not necessarily listed in terms of importance, it's just completely arbitrary. First thing on the docket is PS5 backwards compatibility issues. Um, This sort of sparked the news this week because uh, Ubisoft, on a certain support page on one of their websites, actually discussed uh, the fact that the PS5 is not going to be fully backwards compatible across all of its generations. Uh, It said, quote, it will... Uh, backwards compatibility would be available for quote supported PlayStation 4 titles but would quote not be possible for PlayStation 3 PlayStation 2 or PlayStation games so that's definitely in terms of versatility uh, a sore spot for PlayStation in this upcoming generation what do you think about that James
1: Uh, well personally I am just glad to hear that PS4 games are supported because I didn't have a PS4 Uh, I'm looking forward to getting my first PlayStation And I want to play all the games I missed out on. So hopefully, those selected titles include the ones that I want to play, like Spider-Man, God of War, those kind of things. And um, I guess the hope would be that PlayStation Plus would—that's their their Games Pass type thing, right? I know PlayStation Plus is just the
0: online service in general. What's their PlayStation, PlayStation na- now? now. That, PlayStation now. So, so hopefully, the, I now. guess
1: the hope would be that uh, a lot of their older catalog would be put on there. But I guess that remains to be seen.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, the perspective I'm coming
1: at from this is
0: is very similar to yours, only I guess the timing is just a bit more accelerated for me in that uh my first PlayStation ever was the PlayStation four and I got it just at the end of last year. Like just like, right. I think it was a black, crazy black Friday sale. Super amazing. I, I couldn't, it, it would, I argued to myself maybe just for, you know, just to justify it by any means necessary. I argued to myself that it was like almost financially stupid as a games fan, not to buy a PlayStation yeah. in this instance.
1: I remember Cause remember was you like, saying that. <laughs>
0: yeah it was the amazon bundle playstation 4 terabyte hard drive with uh god of war the last of us remastered and horizon zero dawn and it was like 250 canadian and if if it's that low canadian you know it's a good deal yeah (laughs) because we get yeah we get screwed over on uh, some currency stuff there but so i picked that up and i always grew up my entire life a nintendo and xbox household mainly nintendo but definitely good chunk of xbox too and this is my first time buying a bunch of massive PlayStation titles that I've missed out on and so yeah in that sense I also only really am invested in PlayStation 4 backwards compatibility uh, because that's where I've just spent all my money on right now so that's definitely what I'm looking for
1: I can absolutely see why people would be upset about this because like look at what xbox is doing they're making pretty much all of their catalog available on the series x so if you just look at those two companies as the competitors that they are this could be a pretty big factor for for certain people if they're on the fence about what they want to get
0: yeah and and don't get me wrong i'm actually maybe i i don't know what it's like right now i think the console wars are stupid but yes maybe i am in. (laughs) yes they absolutely are um I think I might be in the minority of people where I'm I'm super excited for Xbox Series X and that's like probably what I'm going to prioritize first right away before the PS5 just cuz I have an original Xbox and it's a much uh, original Xbox 1 I should say and mm-hmm. it's a much steeper upgrade to the Series X and also just the deal of Game Pass mm-hmm. is incredible but with that said I, I I won't rail on PlayStation too hard for this because it is at least consistent with their overall strategy. It seems in that they are doubling down. I, I don't have the exact quotes in front of me, but some uh, you know different creative leaders there, you know executives there at Sony said that their main theme is yes, we are hard believers in next generation. So we believe our new experiences that we're investing in belong on the next generation we want you to have some backwards compatibility but ultimately that is our focus we are kind of a premium product in that way
1: yeah Um, whereas whereas, like you know xbox is is all about legacy and everything which you know what it's good to have two kind of different philosophies going into this and just go with whatever fits best for you
0: yeah, exactly. I mean, Xbox in more ways than one is going to be all about accessibility. And so with that too, when you have a, a slight less focus, not to say they have less focus because I know they're investing a lot in their first party stuff. Um, but there's definitely just maybe a slight slightly lesser focus on that premium uh, flagship uh, creative content versus PlayStation. and But the, both companies have made that clear. So I don't really see a problem with it. Uh, and the last thing... I will say about this and James, I think you did hear about this too. I don't really know. Okay. I know why it's newsworthy because Ubisoft sort of leaked this information themselves on their own website. That's, that's, that's a goof, right? That's a goof up. Yeah. But this, this was this backwards compatibility compatibility thing was known since the PlayStation five reveal. Was it not?
1: I like, I remember hearing, I thought it was, and I thought a lot of people had assumed that anyway. So I guess we just, kind of broke our rule of saying things that are you know new news but yeah i mean i i thought uh i thought it was known as well but you know what i guess it's confirmed now so like for sure so sure
0: yeah i I mean and again the way around that is the newsworthy part of this is that ubisoft is the one sort of stating it on official official material right yeah Um, exactly but uh the the uh What's it called here? The Eurogamer uh, article that I was pulling from here, it does say that they have pulled it down since then, obviously. But again, uh, there was another quote uh, from you know different interviews that were going on with Sony executives uh, when people were you know when the PlayStation Five reveal was especially hot at the time, uh, and they were saying, yeah, like quote, most PlayStation Four games will be backwards compatible, and. Basically, yeah, the, a big point of discussion was the fact that there wasn't going to be the same kind of backwards compatibility as Xbox. So I don't really get why th- uh, the the news shifted that way again when that has that main component has already been covered before. But, anyways, I, I digress on that one.
1: <laughs> okay, moving on. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the uh, the Switch eShop uh, has updated its pre order system.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um. We probably won't spend as much time on this, but I think it's a it's a good, good change. They've updated it so that you can now cancel pre-orders up to seven days before the game releases. And I think the way it works is that your payment won't be processed until the seven-day period.
0: Yeah, no, it, this is definitely great to hear from Nintendo. Uh, the company notorious for just being behind on a lot of pretty big housekeeping practices for consumers yeah, for sure <laughs> <laughs> um i will say like this is not quite up to par of i think like steam's steam's um uh refund policy it's oh, definitely no. a lot more definitely fair. not yeah for sure yeah but but I'm i do glad wish that this is the step they're taking
1: yeah absolutely i do wish there were a way to like to return a game essentially but you get what you i don't know i was going to say you get what you pay for but <laughs> that doesn't really make sense yeah, here. <laughs>
0: yeah I, mean, I mean you do get what you pay for potentially but if, if you follow the model <laughs> forever yeah it shouldn't be forever you know it should why not just have the timer you know like oh if you because it measures your play time so if you play within 10 hours yeah like you, you decide, think, nah, you'd think you think know? that
1: it would be uh pretty easy to bake in but i guess not i don't know yeah, you think know. Or they uh, just don't, you think, didn't it, think of it Maybe. <laughs> You'd think a lot of things would be easy yeah. with Nintendo, but they don't uh they don't uh, Yeah, you, th- it so. you
0: think uh you think better online functionality would be baked in roughly ten years ago, but <laughs> yeah. um that's just not a thing for that's, Nintendo. that's uh, another discussion entirely. <laughs> But a, but a much smaller component, again, just good to include this in general because it's good you know, consumer information for anybody listening. But yeah. the little thing just to add on here is that when you're browsing games, you can actually see in the thumbnail of the game how many days is left on a sale. So if there's a nice discount on a game, you can see right then and there without having to dig down in the description how many
1: days or hours is left on a sale, which is super useful, makes it quick and convenient. Yeah, I was... I was surprised that it was down to the hour as well. Like, I think that's pretty great. <laughs> do, do we just expect that little for Nintendo? Like,
0: Oh, I guess you- so. <laughs>
1: yeah. But like, <laughs> I just thought it would be, I just thought it would be like, Oh, you have one day left and it wouldn't tell you what? like exactly how long <laughs> you have hours and
0: minute. Oh my gosh. Multi-billion dollar Japanese corporation. You have hours and minute counters. You Good job, Come here. Let me give you a noogie. <laughs> like <laughs> oh man uh so maybe that's ended up sounding sadder than, than i thought it would. but either way it's not a bad thing it is objectively not a bad thing that it has now happened better it's, late than it's never it's
1: a nice little touch let's just leave it at that
0: there we go and if, if they could provide more nice little touches like that for switch users that would be nice like <clears throat> themes um but anyways all right. Let's stop. We love Nintendo, but we could we could talk about them later. Ooh, ooh, foreshadowing the episode. Ooh, I maybe spoiled wow, something. But anyways.
1: <laughs> Not like it's in uh, the name of the episode or anything.
0: Oh, that's right. Yeah, I've yet to make that the name of this episode. By the time you're listening, it'll obviously have a name. But anyways. Um The third item on the docket here comes from hello games, which some of you might sort of uh, wince when you hear that name, because they're the developers of no man's sky. Uh, they are working on another very big ambitious project. And as far as details go,
1: that's about as far as it goes. Um, they pretty much said it was on the same level as no man's sky. Uh, so mm -hmm. I've heard that game got better uh, with time. I never actually played it, but, uh, I I heard all about the nonsense and everything at the start, but I did hear it it improved.
0: Yeah, I I didn't play it either, but I I definitely kept tabs on it. I definitely followed its uh, progress. Uh, It is, I mean, it's probably the most notorious example for overpromising. In, in an international yeah, reveal like for sure i think it i think it absolutely is the most because even if you haven't played no man's sky you've heard of no man's sky for probably the wrong reasons yeah, right? it was so,
1: on it was on stephen colbert for god's sake like if that's not <laughs> mainstream i, I don't not, know what i did is. not
0: know i did not know that that's pretty was, great yeah
1: it was that but, or jimmy fallon but it was on one of the two i know that
0: yeah oh man but but i will say it has become known for the right reasons and for a very, you know, a reason that you can root for in that, yes, it did have uh, absolutely disastrous beginnings, but uh, many of the the big publications and the main critics have re-reviewed this thing time and time again uh, as big content updates and refinements have warranted that and it's only gotten significantly better each time and it's now apparently a really quality experience again i haven't played it myself but following the game it is now a really quality title that they can be proud of so that's awesome to hear
1: yeah it's great that they've uh they've learned along the way which is i guess what you gotta hope for for any developer uh the other thing with hello games is that they they just released a game called the last campfire which is one that I have on my my list on the eShop. I'm pretty excited to play it. Um, it's like a puzzle puzzle adventure game. Looks pretty cute. Looks pretty fun. Uh, but they said that they're... or they implied that more short games like that are likely. And they're taking kind of like a an approach similar to like Pixar's short films. I think that was the mm. quote I saw. So... That's that's exciting to me because I this might be something we talk about in another episode, but I am a big fan of short experiences like that. Um, So, yeah, I'm looking forward to playing this game and looking forward to see what else they uh, they have down the pipeline.
0: Yeah, and, and uh the last campfire is definitely something I'm going to look into. I I don't know if I'll be able to play it anytime that soon, but it's definitely one that caught my eye when it was initially revealed. And it just, you know, it just completely fits in with a certain sector of the switch marketplace, I guess you could say in that just these, yeah, these really succinct, but still artistically ambitious and gorgeous titles that like, there's too many to count at this point on the Nintendo switch. And you know what? even though we're in the middle of a next gen crossover with like performance out the wazoo and everything like that, I'm super happy as a switch owner that it, it could be known for that kind of thing and be such a great platform for lesser known developers with, with really great talent behind them.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I feel the same way. Yeah.
0: You can, you could transition to this one.
1: (laughs) I feel like you're going to have a little more to say than I do, but uh, so the Ubisoft title, it's ubisoft yes it is uh gods and monsters has uh gone under undergone a little bit of a rebranding and it's now called immortals phoenix rising which i think and i think everyone thinks is a much worse title
0: uh yeah (laughs) um it, it, it gives me the impression that they're maybe gonna go for like it's just like a it's an insurance policy basically to say like oh if this becomes a series we could call it Immortals F- Phoenix Descending or something or like <laughs> Immortals Blank. I really
1: hope that that's the next title.
0: <laughs> uh Honestly I mean oh god I mean the, the the tone that they've said here is basically they got a guy named Kyle wearing a tap out t-shirt to just <laughs> click a game name randomizer and he went yeah that one like immortals phoenix rising like it's
1: uh, shout out to terrible. any kyle's listening we appreciate you <laughs> shout, out
0: to, shout out to all the wannabe mma fighters kyle's out there um uh yeah but gods and monsters the game in and of itself aside from this terrible uh naming decision uh what was originally announced as gods and monsters back at i believe ubisoft's e3 2019 showcase yeah it
1: was well over a year ago and we haven't heard about it since
0: yep it's got a lot of the developers from assassin's creed odyssey uh which is which is a great game i mean that's a great uh title to have talent behind but um yeah it looked really good i mean we only saw like a cinematic preview i think it was a a female protagonist uh up against a few like what, what were the creatures There was a couple flying creatures sort of taking her on and she and then we just cut out to black being the monsters.
1: i do not remember i'm sorry but i was yeah, just gonna I, add I, that it a lot of people were comparing it to breath of the wild they're were, they're were getting vibes of breath of the wild
0: yeah that's what it was because all the the cell shaded art style that's what it yeah was. i think
1: that and the big open yeah. world and and that was kind of the the look that that they seem to be going for. So this game I'm pretty sure is getting a full re-reveal, um, at Ubisoft's next, uh, Ubisoft forward event, which is on the 10th, I believe September 10th. It's soon. I think yeah, yeah. I think it, it is the 10th. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, so uh, yeah, I am we'll looking forward to that. that. Yeah. I'm curious to see what it's like.
0: Yeah. I I mean, title aside i do still really want to see more of this game i actually want to see gameplay which i mean wanting to see gameplay is a bit of theme of uh of 2020 game reveals i think <laughs> like show me gameplay yeah. um yeah. but yeah i i if if the prospect of this game is if the prospect of this game can deliver which is you know the developers of odyssey creating a breath of the wild like artistic experience. You know what? I I'm willing to overlook this dumpster fire
1: of a title change. <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess I am too. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, um, last thing, John, you want to take that?
0: Yeah, sure. I mean, rocket league, a game that I think probably most people listening to this would know and potentially love, uh, is going free to play. So if you have Nintendo Switch online, or there actually won't be the need, sorry, for Nintendo Switch Online or PlayStation Plus, if you're a console owner uh, for one of those consoles or both, and you own Rocket League and you want to play online, you don't have to have the online service for those respective consoles.
1: You're good to go. Uh, But notably, Xbox Live is uh, omitted from that. So you still, I think yeah. you still have to have, uh, Xbox live to play,
0: which I, is interesting. This is pure... I don't really
1: know why I never, I didn't read that much further into this. Uh, so I don't know if there was a reason given, but it was omitted from any source that I found.
0: Yeah, I, I don't have that answer. I don't have the reason given, but if I had to guess, it could be because, Xbox Live as we know it is kind of going through transition because of Games Pass. A lot of things are being sort of fused into the Game Pass product, right? I know we've got uh Project X Cloud is now now part of Game Pass, or is going to be this month, I should say. Yeah. Um and, and the same is confirmed to be happening with Xbox Live Gold. So basically going forward, if you want to play online with your friends on Xbox, and pretty much do anything worthwhile on Xbox, you have to have a Game Pass subscription. So maybe because of the transition going on there, maybe they just couldn't strike up a deal that would involve the the Games Pass uh, system. I, I, that could be complete BS coming out of my, coming out of my butt. But, you know, I, I, that's the best thing I could come up with.
1: Yeah, I, I see where you're, what you're getting at. And uh, I guess that might make sense, but maybe we'll hear more about this in the future. I'm uh, not too sure about that.
0: Yeah, I'm sure we would. And maybe, maybe Xbox is saving some kind of reveal or something like that. Like, Hey, uh, maybe within the next month, if we ever get any more friggin' news on the Xbox, the PlayStation five, maybe Xbox is saving it for some future marketing material and they just couldn't talk about it, uh, publicly yet. Maybe, I don't know. Possibly. Um, yeah. But yeah, Rocket League is an absolutely outstanding game. Uh, it makes sense that they're going free to play, especially after uh, Psyonix was purchased by Epic Games. That's a huge, you know, that's huge ton of resources behind you, huge amount of money behind you, and to make a, a a decision like that is great for a game like Rocket League to keep it going and keep it the incredible
1: experience that it is. Yeah, for sure. I definitely don't play it as much as I. Well, I can't say as much as I should. I don't play it that much, but I do love it. It's like, it's a ridiculous game, but it's so much fun. And um, yeah, I'll probably pick it up more often. I don't know. I guess it doesn't really make a difference. It's already paid for it, but.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I pretty much only play with you and some of our other friends, so I would have to concur on that.
1: Yeah, whatever Um... I just said that didn't really make sense. But anyway, (laughs) let's move on. (laughs) Well, moving on to a different segment, uh,
0: that is, that just about does it for the, uh, the news roundup there or our attempt at a news roundup. We're obviously going to, uh, you know, try it out and refine things as we go along. Yeah. But we, should, main... we should
1: add like music breaks or something or sound. Yeah. Books, you know, so. some, some elevator music that gets yeah, people jazzed up, right? Exactly. Yeah.
0: I, I actually might do that in post after this episode. We'll oh, see. Cool. Sure. <laughs> Careful what you wish for. <laughs> um, <laughs> So the meat, as I said, as I called it, the meat and the potatoes of this podcast, there's not really an official name for this segment. We will come up with one, I'm sure. Uh, It's going to be a broad question, a broad, singular discussion point that will sort of carry out the rest of the podcast before we quickly talk about uh, what we're playing. Um, And that topic for the first ever episode of the logbook is going to be about the Nintendo Direct format as we know it now. Uh, James, if you want to kick it off a little bit more substantively,
1: you can go right ahead. Uh, so, I guess I don't really need to explain what a Nintendo Direct is, but I will anyway. So, a Nintendo Direct yeah. is a uh, a presentation. It's a marketing presentation by Nintendo. They uh, they use them to give their consumers and shareholders and stakeholders all the information they need about upcoming games, uh, often revealing new games usually very exciting events. Um, Recently, they've been doing a lot more with the brand. So they have kind of uh, diversified it a little bit in the sense that they're doing more like mini directs. They're doing uh, those partner showcases, which we might talk a little more about, and uh, indie world showcases, which... They're technically a different brand, but they share a similar format and um, also directs for specific games. And as we learned today, uh, specific franchises.
0: Yeah, I mean, we'll we'll get into that in just a second. Yeah, it, it just seems to be it, the, the direct format seems to be just a bit more fragmented, and I don't mean that in a bad way. Uh, I'll, I'll just quickly say before we get into the really special topic, because of what happened just before this podcast happened. Um, I will say one reason I think it is being sort of fragmented this way with the different types of directs being uploaded as they are like indie world here, third party partner direct here, uh, an IP specific, uh, direct here. I also think it has to do with the turnaround times you can have during COVID-19. Uh, it is a lot easier probably to just get a drip feed of content and information from partners uh, while you're trying to figure out what the hell's going on with your stuff, and just be like, "Oh, well, why don't we just package this all together, put it up on YouTube, and tell people it's up there to go watch?" You know, it's it's easier to sort of get that up there, and I think that's probably a big reason why it is happening the way it is right now.
1: That could definitely be the case with why they're doing the partner showcases. The indie worlds they were doing before—that's just a kind of just a different brand. And and mm-hmm. um, personally, I love those. I know some people don't but uh oh i love them too yeah you know what if you don't then you need to broaden your horizons on what games you play because there are some great indie games on the nintendo switch
0: i absolutely agree and i'm actually happy to shun uh indie haters however for sure (laughs) i guess if i if i had if i had to appease to people who refuse to have indie experiences you would be very happy with the kind of Nintendo Direct that happened today. The 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 date that we are recording this podcast, uh there was a Super Mario 35th anniversary themed Nintendo Direct that was incredibly exciting.
1: Yeah, I was uh I was unfortunately at work when this dropped. You had to text me to tell me that it happened. Um but yeah, they just uh they haven't really been announcing them ahead of time. They used to say like oh on this date maybe about 1 to 2 days before they'd say oh we're having a direct at this time tune in but recently they've just been dropping them on on YouTube on Twitter and just saying hey check this out right now which i yeah which personally i think is is great and i think you have some thoughts on on that I was
0: just going to say the exact same thing as you i i honestly at this stage of the game being around the, the Nintendo Direct as we know it for such a long time and being part of the hype cycle uh, that used to happen where they would announce it bef- a couple of days before they would drop it, I I I really think I prefer this more honestly. I think I, so. Too. I it should get it. pretty exhausting, honestly. Exactly. Like I will say, I will say, hyping and and uh, hypothesizing. So much fun! It's undeniable fun when you know that there's big, solid things to look forward to. But in the absolute heap uh, uh, of crap that this year has been in terms of unpredictability, um, we got to get what we could take, and if that means ensuring that people don't overhype things, don't blow it out of proportion, and then don't don't get inevitably disappointed and be all toxic online and stuff like that, I am. All for this decision I think it's and even when once the pandemic has passed I actually hope that they continue with this this sort of uh, lay uh, not layout rollout of Nintendo Directs I think it's just better for everyone
1: I yeah I would agree with that I think that the the first partner direct that they uploaded um, that got a lot of hate because I mean I guess this isn't exactly why but they did announce it ahead of time Only at like midnight the day before. Um, But it still got people talking and speculating about what this could mean because it was a new label. But I feel like if they had just dropped it out of nowhere and explained what it was, then maybe people wouldn't have been so mad about them. Some people, Mm -hmm. irrational people will be like, oh, we deserve like a full fledged direct. Like they don't owe you anything. If they don't have anything to show yet or they're not ready yet, they're not going to present it to you. You know,
0: yeah, and I mean, look, I you know, being a Nintendo fan, both you and me, and anybody you know with some kind of a head on their shoulders, if they're a Nintendo fan, they would acknowledge the issue that uh, the Nintendo can have with overall communication. Like they're not, they're so far from perfect
1: with communicating a lot of things. Absolutely, but I think that I think that the partner directs are actually a good step for them because. If they are doing them monthly, which I think seems to be the case um, based on the two that we've gotten, that'll be more consistent messaging from Nintendo. And my other upside of looking at this is kind of changing the topic, my other upside of that is that if they're spending time on these smaller third party games that maybe most people don't care about or or whatever, doesn't that leave room for bigger and better announcements in a proper Nintendo direct, whenever we do get one.
0: Yeah. I I think that's a great thing to bring up because now uh, that, that philosophy you could argue sort of led to, okay, you get these third party things out of the way that, you know, so-called people outside of the core fan base, maybe care more about versus people in the core fan base though. There's no, I have no numbers to back that up, but anyways, um, you know, Uh, You get that stuff out of the way and then in a general direct that still covers a wide spectrum of stuff, you get a broader focus on first party and you get cool reveals. If anything, if you apply the philosophy you just mentioned there, James, you can make the argument that by having uh, third party directs, you have entire directs devoted to one cool IP, first party IP that you care so much about that could have multiple projects Uh, um, sort of under the umbrella within it like i think that is the exact mindset that led to something like the mario direct it's like okay you want to get rid of all the fluff you want to trim the fat cool let's have a single direct devoted to nothing but first party content and i can imagine that we're probably going to see something like this with (laughs) zelda in the upcoming year with its 35th anniversary those are the those are the properties that people talk about wanting to see more about okay, you want to see more of it? How about we just devote entire videos to them? I think it's great.
1: I, I agree. I think it's a good, uh, I think the presentation they did was a good idea. Um, I really hope they do do one for Zelda as well. And like, I mean, probably not Metroid, but that would be nice too. Um, however, I don't think that the, the broad topic of like a Mario direct or a Zelda direct will happen outside of an anniversary year because it's unlikely yeah. that in any given year there's going to be like a slew of of Zelda products or a slew of, you know, Pokemon. Well, I guess Pokemon's its own thing, but like of Kirby products or something like that. So I think this is going to be a less frequent thing but that being said like what a great presentation like that they that they put together absolutely
0: yeah the, the the last thing i'll say on um excuse me one second the the last thing i'll say about the format going forward before we get into what was actually talked about in today's direct um is that i think you're right in the sense that yes we won't get necessarily a mario specific direct a zelda specific direct consistently going forward is unless it's like five to ten year adversaries however it still gives you a jump off point for dividing up your content so maybe maybe we get a direct devoted to like sort of uh yes nintendo nintendo exclusive content but it could be from their various studios hey let's show you what monolith soft is working on let's show you what well we already know what retro studios is working on metroid prime 4 but let's show you some metroid prime 4 let's show you like whatever intelligent systems or something like that there's a huge opportunity there and then you could divide it from first party it's like hey we got some stuff for zelda mario and i'm somehow blanking on other first party things because that's all i have in my head right now but you know you kind of see my train of thought i'm sure is in as to how they could divide up uh, directs from here on out and if they choose to go down that route i have no problems with it whatsoever
1: yeah the uh the opportunities are are pretty good there uh it's just a matter of whether they'll take them i'm not entirely sure that they will i think if we do get another uh, another general direct this year, which uh, the jury is still out on that, but uh, we could. Um, mm-hmm. I think it'll go I... back to a format that we're more familiar with, and I think that'll, that'll carry through. And yeah. we'll get less of these special ones. But we'll still get, like, if a big game is coming up, we'll still get specific presentations. Like, we'll get more Sakurai Presents, Smash Bros. Mm-hmm. presentations. We'll get more Like, if a game as big as Animal Crossing is coming out again, we'll get a direct specifically for that. Like, Mm -hmm. yeah, that'll still happen for sure.
0: Absolutely. Um, So aside from the five minutes you spent in your workplace washroom watching a little bit of the (laughs) Mario direct... You, I ended up um, watching or, the rest of it. You, you you ended up watching the rest of it, and it's yes. more fresh in your head than it would be for me because I saw it when it was first posted. So why don't you give a little quick rundown of the contents of today's really exciting Direct.
1: Uh, well, to be clear, when I say I watched the rest of it, I did still watch it, well, not in the bathroom, but kind of just off to the side when there was <laughs> nothing to do at work. <laughs> but, uh, no matter so where it you were standing d- or sitting. <laughs> yeah, I was still at work and probably shouldn't have been but i mean it wasn't that busy so it's yeah eh, you should I, anyway i, I was
0: I was, I, I was working too i was working
1: as well <laughs> couple of working stiffs anyway um go. so what did we start out with we started out with the uh the new game and watch console
0: mm-hmm. i
1: think that was the first thing
0: uh, it was yep
1: yeah so they're putting uh uh the first mario brothers and mario bros the lost levels onto a game and watch console which i think is pretty yeah. cool i it's not something i'll get likely yeah but i don't, cool I don't think i'll item. pick it up but yeah it's, yeah it's a neat little collector's item and um i i don't really have much to say on that other than that it's pretty cool
0: yeah, it's, it's got great packaging. I think it'll be a nice, cool thing for collectors to pick up within five minutes that it goes online and sell out for. Uh, oh, yeah. But so it, so for that reason, partially it's not for me, but definitely happy that they're doing that. It's super cool.
1: Yeah, and then uh, next up, I think, was the Super Mario Bros. 35 game, which is a, mm. uh, a limited run game uh, where you play through the first Mario Bros. game against 34 other people and they can uh, interact with your levels by like i think one of the examples they gave was the enemies that they kill can appear on your in your levels and vice versa um i think this is really cool like i i i think i played a bit of tetris 99 at your place once uh, and that was a lot of fun that was a really that's a really cool idea it's got it's had a lot of uh a lot of legs if that's the right yeah. phrase, and oh, um, yep. and I think putting that approach into into Mario is is really cool. The only kind of kind of shitty thing is that it's only until March, which will be a which theme. We'll for get this, into uh, presentation. Yeah. Yes,
0: yeah, we'll touch on that in a
1: little bit yeah so Uh, i yeah i think what was after that kind of cool um after that i believe was it was either i'll just i'll just pretend that it was the mario kart live thing i don't know if yeah the the mario kart home home circuit home circuit yeah how cool is that like it's It's really expensive and i don't have a child so it's unlikely that
0: i'll get it I, but I, I was just gonna say i was just gonna say and i want to be careful what, what i wish for but it almost makes me wish i was a parent right now so it have yeah. a reason to buy it, <laughs> that's what know? i was thinking too it's so cool like you can't i don't know anybody no matter how much you rightfully criticize a tito i don't know anybody who could sit down watch that trailer and go nah that seems lame (laughs) like
1: no man it's sick (laughs) mario kart in your living room such a cool idea and i saw someone on twitter i'm pretty sure it was uh it was game explained maybe andre or or john from game explained they mentioned like this is the way to do the toys to life genre because like previous games like the lego dimensions or the skylanders games you just have a figurine Or even amiibo, you just have a figurine and you tap it in and you don't do anything else with the figurine. But this, like, you're controlling the cart with your Switch. Like, it's a perfect intersection of, of like a video game and a toy. Kind of like similar to what they did with Labo, I guess. Yeah, I I would say it's it's right in line. Yeah. Yeah, it's really cool to see that idea expanded. Yeah, that's that's even though it's
0: it's not something I will pick up, I definitely think that was one of the absolute highlights of this direct. Just so undeniably fantastic, and I can't wait to see how it reviews. Can't wait to see how people experience
1: it. Yeah, same here. Although I am a little disappointed that uh, this means we probably won't get a new Mario Kart game anytime soon. But I mean, Mario Kart H- Eight makes- Deluxe is selling exceptionally <laughs> well. So they probably don't want to take away from that.
0: Yeah, they're, they're going to hear the Mario Kart 9 complaint from somebody and go, sorry, I couldn't hear you over the fact that we just sold our 30 millionth copy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I get it. I
1: do get it. But Sorry, uh, the, the,
0: ca- the cash ruffling in my ears sort of
1: uh, maybe yeah. block what you were saying. Sorry about that. Couldn't hear exactly. you. Exactly. Uh, so next up was the uh, Super Mario 3D World port,
0: which mm-hmm.
1: um, a lot of people were thinking it would have deluxe in the title which I'm kind of glad it didn't because that's been feels like it's been a pretty common thing. And I don't think we need more of that, but I am glad about what they did with the name instead. And they added uh, plus Bowser's fury, which seems to be an entirely new level or game mode. Like they've been pretty in the uh, mm-hmm. pretty unclear about what it is, but given that it's, it's taken up a big, like half of the title, I would imagine it's something pretty big and pretty significant content added, which I I'm more than happy to to pay for this game again.
0: Yeah, I I never bought this game, but I have played it with friends before and it's it's definitely not my favorite 3D Mario game, but it is a lot of fun. And I just want to throw out a little nugget of information that I don't I don't want to get into details on don't want to waste time on it. However. If you watch the footage back of that Bowser's Fury reveal, where you're going through the the cat ear shaped arches in this rainy area, mm. um, you'll notice cat ear Mario cat ear like uh, Breath of the Wild tower you, you, oh, you, like things. Oh, like those lighthouses? Yeah, those lighthouses. But they all they were uniform. They were uniform. They each looked the same. They were on different uh-huh. perches on different areas. Could we be getting a little? uh open world sort of hub world that could be kind of cool that you climb up as that would be uh, climb awesome. up just kind yeah. of like like Link in Breath of the Wild where you climb up cliffs and stuff. Maybe you climb up to different little uh hub world areas as Cat Mario. Anyways, I just wanted to throw that out there. Super funny if that is sort of like a, a little
1: reference to Breath of the Wild, but we'll have to see. Yeah the the possibilities are endless. Uh but the other other two other things I want to mention about this is that one, uh, it's been pointed out by a few people that the game speed, like the run speed of all the characters, is a lot faster than it was on the Wii U. And, uh, capital G, good for yeah, me, because I, 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 did, I, I, never really, me. I never really thought about it that much, but now that I do think about it, like that game did feel pretty slow and i think it's great that they're gonna add this uh that they're changing that and the other thing is that you can play uh online with friends which is Mm -hmm. amazing like that's that's gonna that pretty much makes this a must-buy for me and um i'm sure many other people And and many
0: people like me who never bought it on the Wii U, if they even had a Wii U in the first place. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, exactly. Definitely, definitely excited for this one, especially that bonus content. Uh, I'm so ready for Mario 3D World of the Wild. Give it to me. Get it. (laughs) Shoot it into my veins. Uh, What was after Mario 3D World port again?
1: Um, Super Mario All Stars is on uh, SNES Online now. Yes, and that's
0: that's out today, as of the day of this recording.
1: Yep. Yep. Uh, So that's pretty cool. I have not actually played any of those games fully. I've dabbled here and there, but uh, they're before my time, and I I never really played retro games too much. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, that's that's really cool. Like, it's just uh, the whole message from this this presentation is basically that. If you want to play Mario games, the Switch is the best place to do it. And I just, yeah, I think that basically after this presentation and I already felt this way, but it's kind of solidified the Switch as probably the best console that Nintendo has had purely in terms of the games that they have on it.
0: I think so, too. I absolutely think so, too. And if today today was an indication or not an indication because it's already been set in stone before, uh, it's kind of a reminder of the tone that they're taking with the content content they put out on the switch. Not just that they are putting out a lot of content and versatile content, but even the flagship pieces they put out, such as your Mario Odysseys and your your Zeldas and your Smash Bros, those games in and of themselves have a very celebratory nature to them, as to the legacy of Nintendo. They they do make those references that will you know give us great fan service. They do include extra content that you know longtime fans will know and appreciate. And it just it just the 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 charm and oh, I threw the common game critic word charm. Um, the, hey it just it's a good word okay it, it is it is and it, it, it's just a it's a love letter that's what i'm looking for yeah, it's a love also letter to a nintendo, pretty common
1: gaming term or game review but it's term. less
0: common than charm <laughs> okay ooze fine. With charm <laughs> uh yes so the this love letter to nintendo is just oozing with charm uh and it really makes you feel like a nintendo character when you're playing oh my God. <laughs> um where were we sorry i i'm okay. i was being addicted so, to that game cliche
1: <laughs> so <laughs> after they announced the uh the super mario all-stars uh i believe next was they just announced a bunch of products and game collaborations um mm-hmm. yeah that you could find between now and and march
0: yeah the the lego sets uh puma sneakers uh black black milk i think is the name of the clothing yeah, collaboration that was
1: what it was called yeah. i a think of, uh, a bunch of
0: cool stuff like that stuff that i also won't buy but still looks cool
1: yeah and uh then the big finale was the long rumored uh mm. super mario 3d all stars collection which or mario was 3D the mario all stars
0: yeah, which is the center point of this direct for all the right and maybe all the wrong reasons as well. Um, it includes the final list of the, the the trio, the little holy Mario Trinity they went with, uh, is Mario 64, Super Mario Sunshine, which, get at me, is one of the best Mario games ever. It's fantastic. I do not want to hear any Sunshine slander. Uh, and Mario Galaxy, Mario Galaxy 1 specifically. Um and that's a hell of a package.
1: Galaxy 2 is getting shafted, but I'm still excited (laughs) (laughs) for this presentation or this uh this collection. I already pre-ordered it and um Mm -hmm, me too. I am I'm so excited to play these games again. I know a lot of people were expecting uh them to be maybe uprezzed a little more well, I guess they were, Mm -hmm. uh, but like 64 to have uh new textures and everything and like be a full ground up remake which granted is a little disappointing that it's it's not but i think just having this game on the switch having all of them on the switch is is pretty great and um yeah i mean i i don't really know what else to say other than i'm excited to play i
0: i i'm incredibly excited uh, especially how it's coming out in 15 days september 18th is the official release day for both on yeah, retail how crazy and is, digital. That? How crazy is and, that that they yeah so sooner weeks
1: before announcing a <laughs> thing
0: so the game will be arriving much sooner than expected and apparently disappearing a lot sooner than expected (laughs) and that's because both retail physical versions and the digital version yes the digital version of this game of this bundle i should say is is going to go away by the end of march 2021 so if you're excited for the game just like james and i uh you might want to act on that excitement soon (laughs) because apparently it's just going to be up and gone uh though i have some theories on that that maybe don't fully align with that narrative but we'll we'll get into that in a moment
1: yeah i i mean i guess from the standpoint of like this is a limited like this is a one time thing kind of like the 35th anniversary is only going to happen once obviously they're celebrating it now um for a limited time like that's probably their their standpoint and I think that the original maybe not the original Super Mario All-Stars but one that they released for the Wii I think was also like a 25th anniversary edition was a limited thing as well Mm -hmm. so it's not like limited games aren't entirely unheard of but for something like this like it just feels like they're throwing money away you know.
0: Well, well, well. The main thing that's making people's eyebrows perk up is the digital part of it. Like physical, that's you can really understand weird. because, because yeah. the, cause the initial angle you go with on the physical part of it, it's like, oh, it's a collector's item. It's like bing bang boom. You wipe your hands. You wipe the dust off your hands. That's the reason everyone gets it. Mm-hmm. So, as soon as you take it off your own e-shop, like I don't get that though. What I think, and I'll I'll say this before I get into a couple pieces of information that relate to this, um. What I think is most likely going to happen is a, a a false scarcity situation, which Nintendo or not, it's it's just a corporate thing. It, it's it gives you the illusion of limited supply so that you act fast. When in reality, the the the, the product in question or the service in question isn't really going to go anywhere. Uh, what I think is probably going to happen is at the end of March, uh, th- this legacy content isn't going to go uh, go away per se. I just think the three games in the bundle format three for one specifically is going to go away because at that rate they've you know they can coast off of the incredible success they've had from this pandemic in terms of the uh the uptick in gaming popularity and the incredible switch sales and software sales for them and they say okay cool you you jumped on this limited thing and you joined the hype we're just gonna keep all this stuff on the eShop each separately pay me forty bucks for Mario Galaxy pay me forty bucks for sunshine pay me forty bucks for mario 64 and maybe if they decide to branch off on their switch online service a little bit more maybe they kick off the n64
1: games catalog with mario 64 maybe that's entirely possible that they'll do that um I think that there would be Like if this is the case, I think people will be pretty pissed, but like if you wanted the games, actually that's not really fair to say. I was going to say if you wanted the games, buy them now, but like financial situations might get in the way of that and you might not be able to find them or, or whatnot. So yeah, I I don't.
0: Yeah. I, I, my, my instinct is to sort of go on about what I think. However, when I was sort of keeping up with the news about it, trying to see what what the the general consensus was on all this, I found not two, op- two opposing perspectives per se, but two perspectives that I think are really valuable to the conversation that can articulate things better than I ever could. Uh, and they're from two really great professionals in the industry. Uh, sort of more on the more negative side, I guess you could say, the pessimistic side it comes from Imran Khan, who, if you don't know, was a senior editor at Game Informer before... Uh, transitioning over to a different part of his career. He's doing a lot of freelancing and he does some work with the kind of funny crew uh, making YouTube content. He's a really great force in the industry. Uh, He said uh, he, he started off by tweeting the fake scarcity in the Mario stuff is such bullshit, which, totally fair perspective but then he, he elaborated on it later saying thinking on this i feel like the actual uncomfortable explanation here is nintendo knows people might be less willing to spend on gaming things this holiday and wants to force them to buy it now or never which that you know what <laughs> you, you can sense, romantic actually you yeah. can yeah no matter you can romanticize nintendo all you want but at the end of the day they're a multi-billion dollar corporation they're a business they're going to do what they need yeah, to do that at least what they think first. they need to do to make money right away and you know what i wouldn't i love nintendo but i wouldn't put this past them
1: unfortunately <laughs> yeah, neither I. I mean i wouldn't put that past any business really like it's just if that's what you got to do if that's what you think you got to do then that's what a business is going to do
0: mm-hmm.
1: <clears throat> it's it's, a, it's unfortunate uh mm-hmm. that
0: that, that could be the reality kind of kind of scummy you know when you think about it but you know what again it's not out of the question however on the again not the opposing side but it's just sort of the different perspective here uh Lord sontag which if you got if you ever watched funhouse or back in the day machinima inside gaming big big youtube shows like that he's he's a he was a um a managing editor for inside gaming in its uh sort of revitalized format after rooster teeth bought out the show really also great voice in the industry as well he took a more not pro Nintendo approach, but kind of the thing I was saying, which is like, eh, they're a corporation. It's not a lot it's not really that crazy. Why are you guys up in arms about it? He said, uh A quote from a tweet here. He said, sometimes I think that when a company, Nintendo in this case, makes a seemingly arbitrary decision about game availability, the gamers get mad because it reminds them that they're not really in control or that there are market forces at play greater than their particular whims. How often do developers get blistering waves of hate for falling out of line, having a cheeky tone or expressing ownership over their games they make regarding price, platform and availability? A lot. It's bizarrely abusive if you think about it the gamers want devs to know we call the shots and that bluster seems to come from a secret understanding that deep down we know we don't millions by fifa madden pokemon and yes the last of us regardless of gamer consensus on the bad thing and i that's also very pertinent that's very true and it's it plays into a big theme with nintendo right now both in how they are distributing their directs and i guess with mario is like Nuh-uh. we call the shots. It's our product. We are the business that owns this product. We we do with it whatever we want. You don't have a say.
1: Yeah, exactly. They're they're gonna reveal things when they're gonna reveal things. They're gonna uh, do this false scarcity thing if they feel like they have to do that to make the money back. It's it's all part of the business, and like they don't they don't owe us anything in the sense of of like marketing or whatever, or reveals Mm -hmm. or like our expectations. And at the end of the day, the the Twitter sphere is not, that's not everybody that owns these consoles. That's a pretty small portion of, of all the Nintendo consumers and all the gaming consumers. Mm So yeah, well, while that might be the conversation and while that might be not like what we like um it's probably still making the money and most people are probably oblivious or don't care about whatever practices they're they're taking yeah and and i will say just to expand oh sorry you're gonna say something i was just gonna say and it's making the money so
0: why would they change anything exactly i mean same thing with uh you know the whole mario Kart thing why make number nine when mario Kart eight exists It's, it's the same mentality right exactly um and, and, but he had an interesting reply to somebody because, and they somebody sort of tried to level with with Lawrence here a little bit, and they said, "Totally get what you're saying. I totally agree." And we also haven't seen this limited thing, limited supply before, as as you and I talked about, James. Uh, he mm-hmm. said, "But but explain more about the digital mindset. Why the digital copy?" Uh, and this gets into a reason that I could branch off into another topic altogether, which I we I don't want to explore because that's that's for another episode. But he will say. Uh, pro- he said the reason that the digital in, in response to why the digital one would be limited time availability, availability a tweet says probably to clear out old switch hardware from retailers this holiday before the new skew of the switch arrives just because a passionate gamer can't see the reason doesn't mean that there isn't one. So that that plays into the rumor of a brand new version, iteration, whatever you want to call it, of the Nintendo Switch coming out early next year, which has been a a somewhat credible rumor uh, running the mills lately. And he's got a point. It's like, hey, it falls into that pressure that Imran was talking about, which is like, if we put this limitation on, it becomes a now or never purchase. And if it becomes a now or never purchase, it accelerates people buying the product and therefore clears out room for the retailers to take in Whatever the new Switch product would be.
1: Yeah, that makes perfect sense. So and, uh, that's, that yeah.
0: could be a reason. And I think that's a fascinating one. I, 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 cause, you know, there's a lot of things you could do to clear out a, like a system from shelves or older hardware from shelves. But yeah, making a, a false, a potentially, I get pure conjecture here, but but using a potential false scarcity tactic to clear shelves, I haven't really, I can't think of a really prominent example off the top of my head right now. So it's just really interesting to hear that perspective from Lawrence. And I think uh, all the things that I shared from these two professionals here, I think they're all valid. They all could, there could be a mixture of the two. That is the reality over in Japan or over in uh, Nintendo North America. Uh, But it, it is weird, but Nevertheless, uh, I'm super excited to play the game and I, I hope that it's not a, uh, full, full scarcity situation. I do hope people who haven't experienced these games before or who just want to dive back into these games again and and relive great memories, uh, get to do so again on the Nintendo switch.
1: Uh, yeah, I agree. Um, do we have any final thoughts on Nintendo directs as a whole?
0: Uh, I want to, I want to agree with you, James, not because I ever disagree with you, but I didn't get to say in the initial statement that you made that I agree with you, which is I'm fine with this format being the norm from here on out. I would love that actually, but I do agree with you that I think it will probably return to just those live streams later in the future. I do agree with you on that.
1: Um, yeah, probably. I do think, I think that the partner directs could continue because again, I think those are a good, regardless of what you know the Twitter population thinks of them, um, I do think that they're a good way to get all that third party information out there. and sometimes you never know you'll get something really cool like uh, I know a lot of people were excited for Shin Megavi Tensei 5 and mm-hmm. um, uh, yeah, I, I I am just left wondering, uh, for this year uh, is there going to be a regular Nintendo Direct, like a full or another mini in the same style as the one we had in the beginning of the year. Um, my reasoning for still thinking that is because we don't have uh, a holiday title yet. So I think that it's still possible that we might get one pretty soon.
0: Yeah, and the, the I agree with that because... I think an indicator, not necessarily that there will be a direct, but I still think that there is going to be a big holiday title that we do not know about at all yet. Is the fact that this this Mario three D collection is coming out in in fifteen days in September? Like, I think most people were predicting that would be a late October title. Yeah, I think people were assuming not, that would be
1: that would be like the holiday title. That was what I was seeing. Every exactly.
0: Time.
1: So and this is uh, an yeah.
0: early fall title. So I this is early fall that it's coming out in. So I definitely think we're going to see hopefully at least one last thing for that big holiday push.
1: Yeah, uh, whether it's... Uh, you know what? I was thinking about this while we, were, while we were talking about it or before we started talking about it. Uh, what if they technically have that Mario Kart Live thing? What if that's technically their big holiday thing? I kind of doubt it, but maybe that's being positioned because that is around the same time. That is around the Black Friday weekend.
0: I I think because of the the
1: peripheral that it is like
0: with what that additional
1: probably not and how I expensive think it real- is probably not it,
0: it, it's that it's an interesting thing right because with uh ring fit and labo those are just niche all around because they're new ips and they have the t- tangible uh peripheral product with them but this one's an interesting mix i i don't think it would be a main like a main first party thing for them but you also could make the argument that it's not niche because it's freaking Mario Kart we're talking about. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I so, just, so it's a really it odd leads, mix.
1: Yeah, it just leaves me wondering how that's going to be positioned. And you know what? We yeah. never know like what we're going to get. There might not be a direct because they could just uh, drop a game out of nowhere like they did for Paper Mario and uh, Pikmin Three Deluxe. So yeah, and you know what? I'm okay with that too because. Mm-hmm if they do not have anything else to present around that time, that's fine. I love that we're getting these announcements and getting the games like two months later. Yeah. I, I freaking hate when there's such a long buildup to, to a new game. Cough, cough, Breath of the wild cough, cough. Yeah. The cough, most cough. excruciating Metroid prime, Metroid prime four. <laughs> and this uh, is not Nintendo related, but the, uh, the suicide squad game that's, further away than i would have thought that's another yeah yeah people have been waiting for cyberpunk
0: and that's cyberpunk Cyberpunk. and that's finally coming out in november Yeah.
1: yeah um so many games that do that and i'm just glad that nintendo that's one thing that i think nintendo does better than than a lot of other companies is that they they announce their games and you don't have to wait long for them yeah
0: uh hey james what games you playing right now Let's let's end off this episode with some impressions and stuff we're doing.
1: Uh, so last week I played, I got three that I played recently. So I played mm-hmm. through a short hike. Uh, that was one of the games that they uh, they announced was coming to Switch in the most recent Indie World presentation. Mm-hmm. Uh, true to its name, it was very short. Took me about two three hours, but uh, it was it was. Oh, wow it was a fun time it's it was oozing with charm and um (laughs) (laughs) and yeah i i i definitely recommend that one it's a good uh good game to play if you're if you're just looking to like have some downtime and not not be stressed out by anything uh that yeah that was a certainly a good one uh, if the I, sorry if the trailer if the trailer's any indication, did it make you feel like a
0: bird? Yes.
1: <laughs> Too much water. 7.8 out of 10. Anyway, yeah. um, so I did that. I played a game called West of Dead that I had to uh, I got a mm. review code for that for um from the website that both of us contribute to occasionally called Console Creatures yeah uh so yeah i uh, i finished up my review yesterday um that was uh it's a it's a pretty fun game it was a roguelite uh cover based uh twin stick shooter which is pretty mm-hmm. big mouthful but it was narrated by ron perlman which is is really cool Fantastic. i think. that's awesome yeah. yeah so that was a fun one it's um it's pretty tough, but uh, something that I can see myself going back to 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 try to keep getting better at. Quite similar to uh, the game Dead Cells in terms of its uh, its uh, systems yeah. and functionality and everything. And finally, uh, last night I started playing a game called Fury, uh, which is it's basically. A big ass boss rush game. Uh it's nice. got kind of like twin stick shooter functionality, but then like there's sword play, and every fight you do, it's just a big lengthy fight against a boss, basically, and there's like cutscene cutscenes in between. Uh, and you walk from from boss fight to boss fight with the cutscene going on. There's even the option to just auto-walk because that part doesn't matter so that's probably what i'm going to play a little bit more of as soon as we're wrapped up here good stuff awesome Uh, john what are you playing
0: uh not much because i'm trying to figure out uh how games fit into my new schedule in life right now very very fortunate uh just received a new job that i'm adjusting to and um I still do some freelance stuff on the side. So I'm trying to juggle client stuff. So trying to find games and complete games and really sink my teeth into them is difficult. And that is why I picked up fall guys. And just nice. like millions of other people am absolutely head over heels for, uh, no, that's not, that's not a falling pun. Um, <laughs> you don't have to lie. Uh, was. It was, it was, but it actually wasn't intentional. Oh, that's surprising. <laughs> Believe it or not. Um, but fall guys, it, honest to God, honest to God. And I know my gaming consumption has gone down. So maybe I have less of a valid perspective on this. Eh, Actually, you know what? You know, it's subjective anyways. You know what? Come at me. Fall Guys is a game of the year contender, 100%. Fall Guys is absolutely fantastic. The phenomenon behind it, how well the the messaging behind it is handled the tone of it the fact that it's a battle royale game for the mario party demographic is something that i never thought would even happen but works seamlessly and it's just so undeniably addictive and i can't stop thinking about it i'm always surrounded by memes and content about it and i don't care because i can't get enough
1: i really want to play that game but as i mentioned before i do not have a playstation nor do i have a pc or uh or the desire to download steam so
0: yeah i i don't know what the uh the platform contracts and news there sort of looks like but given the the explosion of this game i can't see it not going to all other platforms i yeah i I have to imagine it it will it it will be on the
1: switch but if it doesn't then i'm getting a playstation 5 whenever that comes out and hopefully it'll be on there
0: yeah, it's it's one of those rare examples you see every now and then. And not that others couldn't make it, and not that Nintendo's the most important or anything like that, but you look at Fall Guys and you go, This is one of those games that Nintendo should have made. They this should have been Nintendo making this game, you know? Like it, it just seems so in line with that. And to me, uh it, it has to be on the Switch at some point, And also, you know, Games Pass on Xbox, hell yeah, that'd be fantastic. Um but aside from Fall Guys, I just started like Excuse me, one moment. Oh, sorry. Rather not burp it to the microphone. Um, Fair enough. Uh, I started last week for like I, th- I think maybe I'm three hours into it. Ghost of Tsushima. Okay. Uh, good golly, Miss Molly, that <clears throat> game might be one of the most beautiful things visually I've ever seen. I kid you not. I'm not exaggerating. I'm not being melodramatic here. I literally have pr- have spent roughly 15 to 20 minutes scattered in my 3 hour gameplay just standing in the blades of grass in the sunlight just looking at the grass and going oh my god the grass is so beautiful <laughs> like, it it it's it's pristine it is stunning the, the the lighting in the game the way it glistens the way it moves so so realistically and organically with the wind and the fact that the wind plays a a navigational part of your journey in this open world. I'm only just discovering that, but it's, it it plays nature is just such a vital component of your experience on the island of Tsushima. And I cannot, I don't know when I'm going to devote more time to it, but I really can't wait to over the next little while, just spend pockets of time uh, just standing in blades of grass and not progressing. <laughs> but, uh, I'm, I'm kidding. Like of a great I, time. I am going to play it as much as I can. I'm going to beat it within the next y- year, probably. <laughs> um, but God, it's just stunning. The cold open for the game, too, the way that it jumps you into the action is one of my favorites in a long time as well. I, I literally just audibly said, Oh, Oh wow, this is incredible. I didn't say oh wow. I said oh something else, but I just want to be cautious with that on a podcast right now. Um absolutely stunning. Barely sucked my teeth into it, but uh definitely something I'm looking forward to uh getting into more. And honestly right now, that that pretty much does it. I'm still trudging my way through uh Paper Mario and the Origami King as well. I have stopped that for quite a while. I'm yeah, nowhere near close to beating that. that. <laughs> Yeah, I'm nowhere near close to beating that. Really enjoying it so far. That's, really uh,
1: I mean, that's, I mean, I, I haven't really played that much this year, but it's probably my game of the year contender so far. I really loved it, so mm-hmm. I, I hope it's, that you yeah. uh, you get as much enjoyment out of the rest of it as I did.
0: Yeah, and it wasn't. I didn't put it down necessarily for bad reasons. I just more so realized the pattern that the gameplay was going through, which is okay. You go to. A boss and you get uh you cut off uh, one of the streamers, and okay, you gotta make your way over to the next streamer. However, the way over to the next streamer is a long time, and then when you get to the area, there's a bunch of side quests or like sort of spin-off things that are are delightful, that are delightful and fantastic, but ultimately is very time consuming. And I just went, Oh, I'm not gonna be able to finish this for a while if I unless I spend like
1: five hours a day playing it or something like that uh, that's so that's understandable I finished I didn't do a hundred percent but I got relatively close in about 35 hours so okay but also I was not yet back at work or I think I had just started back at work so I had a lot of time on my hands mm. um, yeah so it certainly yeah. is a time a time-consuming game but i think i think it's well worth it and, and
0: i will say much like tsushima tsushima is just more in an upfront and traditional way gorgeous but paper mario in its own right is a stunning looking game absolutely a beautiful i beautiful game
1: i know people have complained about the the paper craft uh, visual aesthetic but i personally love it I think that was yeah, a, I think it's a, yeah. a natural way to go, and I think, I think it looks great.
0: Yeah, gorgeous game. Last thing I will say, I am people have strong feelings about it. I'm very much eh on the combat. Eh. It's sometimes it's tedious. Sometimes I actually find it weirdly difficult, and I'm just like, wait, what? The, I thought that it would be me to yeah. hear.
1: It. And I, I, sometimes
0: because... it's satisfying and sometimes sometimes it's it's challenging in a satisfying way and then other times it just got like frustrating um so i i really do appreciate the risk that they took and like the trying the uh the idea to be a bit more creative and different with the combat system but ultimately it's it's okay it didn't fully pay off and but it's not a disaster either um hopefully i don't hate the combat by the time i finish the game but i don't think i will fair enough uh, with all of that said, I think that's just going to do it for the first ever episode of the logbook. Was that fun for you, James? It's pretty fun. Yeah. Did you have a good time today, James? <laughs> I had a great time, John. What did you learn at school today?
1: <laughs> Nothing. Um, <laughs>
0: yeah. Uh, people get mad about directs. That's what I learned. Yeah. That's what um, we learned today. <laughs> Um so yeah whoever's whoever's listening to this, thank you very much for checking out the first ever episode. We're hoping to you know just keep going with it have fun with it uh we'll we'll probably tighten things up we'll come up with more segment names and organization and all that stuff and just refine the experience for whoever's listening but ultimately this is just for us to have fun We're planning to record it on a bi-weekly basis so uh every every other Thursday we'll record the episode and then every other Friday the day after it's recorded it will be released so uh, you're hearing this first episode on Friday, September 4th, uh, and then it's just going to be out on a Friday biweekly basis from there on out. And I will say, James, you could correct me if I'm wrong on this. I think we agreed that the logbook, <laughs> here's how I'll phrase it. I'll phrase it in a convoluted and horrible way, but it's accurate. The, the logbook is a temporarily temporary name
1: it it could be i don't the even temporary know what game. you mean by that or so what stick. i mean is, okay i get you i get you
0: so what i mean is we think it might change but it might not it depends on how creative and how if we could come up with anything better which uh at the rate we came up with names before <laughs> i don't think will happen
1: it's um, just so hard because and, this is a broad podcast (laughs) and it's not specific to anything so it's it's, i think uh, that the logbook will probably (laughs) stick
0: (laughs) probably it's it's two guys talking about video games and that is an incredibly saturated market which means a lot of the good names are taken Uh, so um but the logbook comes from uh basically we wanted to come up with an idea that's basically um what's a name that encompasses information that is maybe from a game that we love or a game that we know about maybe like a directory or a compendium we thought of the hyrule compendium but that's that's not exactly the most search friendly word the logbook is where samus aaron's information is stored in metroid prime 2 um and i think possibly other prime games but prime 2 is the one that is off the top of my head that we looked up i couldn't remember the name of it until we looked it up and we went you know what logbook seems pretty okay so yeah that has to do with information in gaming and that's what we talk about so there's the relation there's the name guys there's the origin story (laughs) yeah (laughs) that's uh that's that's it all right with that said uh thank you for listening everybody take care